Hey, Dan. Hey, George. How's it going? It's going really well. You got your coffee? I do. Which, oh, you got no today. I got no. So these were given to us by... Easy Tiger? Easy Tiger. Oh, good for you. You remember that. I don't... Oh, it wasn't actually Easy Tiger that gave it to us. It was somebody that wanted a job that gave us an Easy Tiger mug. Didn't they work at Easy Tiger? No, they worked for... No. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, that might be. Yeah. So if you know who you are... <laughs> You know who you are. <laughs> yes, um, we got coffee. Got our coffee. Got our laptops. We've got a, video. We are recording these now. We're going to go with a little uh, multi-distribution. If you're not already subscribed to our YouTube channel, go look up Criminalab on YouTube. And uh, you can watch us in video. Hey, everybody on video. We'll have to remember to check that because that camera just decides to go to sleep every once in a while. Why is that? Uh, it protects the sensor. Oh, I got you. Gets too hot? I don't know. Doesn't seem like that should be a thing, but it's 2020. I don't argue with too much Well, anymore. computers have fans to help cool it down, but I don't think that camera has a That's fan. a good point. That so is that's, completely conjecture. If I wanted to know more about that, I would have to learn about it. Oh, I see what you did there. Segway. It wasn't very good, but you know, I did it anyways. And sometimes you just have to go for it. Option five. Oh, option five. Okay. <laughs> I so actually didn't mean to do that one, Dan, but I'm okay with that. Let's remind the audience, we have been doing this for about a year now, over a year now. What is option five first? What's, what are we, why do we exist? That's a deep question. But you mean option five yeah, as a why whole? Does option, okay, why does this podcast exist? Gotcha. We won't get in no, deep into existentialism. Into life, no. Okay. So option five is a story. So, gosh, probably six, seven years ago now, mm. we were um, applying for, not applying for, we were creating a response to an RFP for a very large client. And we realized, so we were putting up all the options on the board of how we could go about accomplishing this project, which is actually fairly standard to a lot of projects that we are thinking about is, how are we going to go about it? What are all the different options? And with this one, the options for this one is, can we actually accomplish it? <laughs> Not what's our process? What's our strategies? Yeah. Like, can we actually do it? Are we capable of doing this? Within our wheelhouse. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't even remember what the four options were now. I don't either. But the fifth one was say yes and figure it out, mm. which is really our statement of saying, take a leap of faith, take a risk. Go for it. And go for it. Yeah. Build the plane on the way down. Mm-hmm. And we feel like that statement or that, I don't know if you want to call it an ethos or maybe a posture, Idea. yeah, a, a behavior. See what you did there. We'll get of, there. We'll get there. Of taking risks kind of describes a lot of how we, we operate here. Not whimsical, but more experimental. Mm. So we may not have all the knowledge. We may not have all the When you say whimsical, I only ever think of like a really cheesy... Pinwheel? No. That's what I was thinking. <clears throat> oh, wow. Interesting. I think of like a picture of a fairy... And it's got like sparkles around. It's in a forest. It's really misty. It's whimsical. <laughs> I grew up playing too much Zelda, I think. We're watching Peter Pan. And, uh, oh, yeah. Know, yeah. Fatuated so, with Tinkerbell or something. Right. So taking risks, stepping into maybe what you're not currently qualified to do, but mm -hmm. you're capable mm -hmm. of potentially learning to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. And then, so as we started last year, we started talking about how we came to be, how we started really i'll use this term loosely operate it sounds mm. really structured which it is but how we started operating our company of around this 
you know, idea way of, of thinking. Yeah. Way of thinking of, again, it's <clears throat> not walking into a situation, you know, foolheartedly or being unwise about it, but it is having a, a, a equal mindset of, okay, we need to consider this, but it's also a risk yeah, and we're okay with that. Go for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that for the podcast, that's moved us into interviewing lots of people mm -hmm. around this topic primarily around talking about how we do it with product teams. Mm -hmm. So cross-discipline, small teams, um, and how we do it with technology. Mm -hmm. um, so the last year we've been interviewing people, we've been talking about product teams. We've been really kind of shifting away from the take risk conversation mm -hmm. and more uh, moved into maybe how do really great teams work. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think our next kind of iteration of the podcast is we iterate in, on ourselves and adapt to what we're learning. Um, is exactly that is right. talking about um what are, people out there just making noises <laughs> they, they're saying they're wahooing or yeah. yahoo think that we have a culture around here come on um, excitement <laughs> um no but um thinking about what really is you know going back to that option five taking risks stepping into the unknown trying new things what's underneath that that has been something that has touched every kind of tentacle or mm -hmm. um, layer of crema. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, you know, in the DNA, yeah. it's embedded. Yeah. Because a lot of times owners, investors, or even if, yeah, you ask this of yourself, it's like, what sets me apart? Mm -hmm. What's different? Mm -hmm. And so I think through our experience with option five and talking about product teams and why we do things with product teams, it caused us to go back to the beginning of like, okay, well, what really does yeah. make us crema? Why did why and why does a cross-discipline team work? Right. Why why, why do, that unit? Why right. that structure? Why do people really enjoy working here? Why uh -huh. do clients consistently say that they've they've had an experience with us that they haven't had with other yeah. vendors? Why are we able to recruit people? Why mm -hmm. are we able to retain people? So there's just something in crema, mm -hmm. the cremaness of it, um, <clears throat> that we wanted to crack open and share right um and it was really hard and it still is it's really still hard. really hard so <laughs> i'm gonna I, i'm just gonna call it out and be a little transparent this podcast this next phase of the podcast is you and i honestly getting a chance to sit down and maybe figure out what that is mm -hmm. so that we can continue to do it for ourselves and maybe help other people to think that way as well we probably need to get a couch in here oh. and, a, and a like a leather chair with a glass of whiskey uh-huh and a you know one of those lamps that have like a green shade like the called? glass you know what i'm talking about yeah it's really yellow light uh -huh. low lit yeah it's like you That's see a mafia the opposite movies. of the like techie room that we're right in right, now. right we probably don't want that type of setup but it kind of describes yeah so imagine <laughs> in your head if you're not watching us on video right. imagine in your head that we're sitting on two overstuffed leather chairs mm -hmm by a fire mm -hmm. um we've just gotten done hunting yeah. in the it, mountains and there's an oak coffee table yeah. between us yeah um at least 200 years old right and we're we're gonna figure out the meaning of life yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna are unpack. we gonna be philosophizing is yeah, that a word I, I think a little bit i think we're <laughs> wanting to actually go down to the kind of base layer of what we believe Helps both individuals mm. on our team, um, are on the, in the organization, helps the teams themselves, and then helps the organization as a whole to flourish. Mm -hmm. um, and we think that this can be something that maybe other teams can benefit from. 
Um, and sometimes that's going to be in a tech team, but it might be in other types right. of teams. Right. Um, it's so, almost, in, yeah, it's industry agnostic. Yeah. So you're probably hearing it underneath the language, but I we think that it has something to do with this idea of continuous learning. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, um, what would you say is the value of continually learning? Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw that first, to first, we probably need to talk about what is, what do we think learning is mm. and maybe what do we think learning isn't? Okay. What is learning, Dan? <laughs> well, for, uh, if you were to say, what's the secret sauce of your company? Well, we learn. I wonder what expressions we would get from people. I know. Like, so you're reading books, right? Are you, you're researching so many different ways. To and learn. and, and the answer is yes. Yeah. And okay. So let's be careful not to describe the structure yet of mm. learning because there are ways to learn. There's mm. kind of the how to learn. So different methodologies, but what is learning? What is the, maybe what is the byproduct of it? Or I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think most images are. You went through a training, you get, we go through school, classroom. You think it's classroom. School? Yeah. And some people might think of master apprentice, which we would probably be a little bit more in that, but closer to that. Yeah. But, and again, this is just a whole bunch of musings from different articles and books read, but the idea of learning is it's interacting with your environment mm. and there's, I think there's lots of learning. There's adapting to the environment as yeah. it changes. Yeah. And then I think there's also, if you have a posture of learning, there's fresh and new ideas that come in as well, which is also learning. Because you would say if you were to go learn a new skill or if it's like, you know, New Year's resolution or whatever, I'm, I, I want to learn, learn to, to play the guitar. Right. You're not Never adapting. Have. That's something new and fresh and creative for you. Yeah. Uh, someone says, you know, I live by the ocean. I've never surfed. I don't know why I'm going to, I'm going to learn surfing. They're not ad- adapting the environment yeah. there. It's not like they're reactive. It's uh, more of like point. a, it's a step forward in, yeah, it's creative outlet. You're wanting to expand your perspective. And so, yeah. And learning starts way before you get into the school or work world. I mean, it starts it literally day starts one. day one. I mean, yeah. So, okay, so go there. We, the, what's the first way we learn, the first primary way we learn is through, I think two things, observation. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could call it experimentation by, by action. Yeah, modeling. <clears throat> you're, you're modeling. Or what do you mean by modeling? Um, so a lot of times, well, I think when, think when your kids were young, they're modeling your behavior as they watch you do it. Well, I guess what I'm saying, yes, but I think that's observation. Observation mm-hmm. and modeling sure. maybe in the same bucket. I'm saying there's another side that is um, the I wanted to roll over or wanted to pull my head up to get food. And so by using my muscles, I started to learn that I could make those movements. Mm-hmm. Like it was a, a process of doing that then becomes a habit. Then mm-hmm. I realize. Some of, maybe, some of it might be instinctual, maybe mm-hmm. in our DNA, whatever, but I start to learn what I'm capable of doing. Right. So at a certain point, a kid, maybe through some coaching, but also I wonder if it would have happened anyway, starts to crawl, mm-hmm. right? Because they realize their coordination of their hands and their feet and their muscles mm-hmm. can allow them to get up from just laying there. Right. 
Um, so I think it's I, I think it's both this observation. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought of it this way. This observation and like practicing or doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from the earlier early stages, I feel like it's a lot of you're learning the basics of, you know, for him. Okay. So uh, a child learns to, to walk or crawl. There's this basic for human survival, but then mm-hmm. you get to the point of like, you know, maybe you're 15 and you want to learn to skateboard. Yeah. It's, or whatever. it's, it's desire driven. It's not, I don't need to skateboard to survive, but yeah. it's, it's this creative expression. It's like this yeah. joy of learning. And so learning becomes think, a desire. Yeah. And if you, so you wake up in the morning and you go throughout your day, you get back home and it's like, Hey, what's one thing you learned today? You know, we ask that of our kids all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think what we, what we end up not doing is asking ourselves, what did I learn today? Because chances are you learned lots of new things. You My kids not legitimately have asked me that question and I'll go and you're stumped to have another meeting. <laughs> I don't know. I learned that I don't like this meeting that I've been invited to. Oh, over and over again. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think learning is more exciting. It's more part of who we are. Maybe we just don't give the word credit. Well, and I think maybe if you, so if you fast forward a little bit through childhood, mm-hmm. you pretty quickly get put in, at least in a modern Western context. Yep. Given that, you get put in an environment that is we've chosen a particular way of learning Mm -hmm. of a structure of learning that was based off of what humans did in the place and time and world that Mm -hmm. we're in. Um, they started to normalize it so that you could apply it to lots of people, not just, you know, one-on-one. Um, and these started created structures of learning. I think in Mm -hmm. some ways, I guess what I'm getting at is I, first off, I was never an academic kid. Mm. So I wasn't the kid that wanted to go. I I didn't love tests. I didn't really love studying, especially if I wasn't interested in the subject, Mm -hmm. which I I think is true of everybody. Some people just like the process of school. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was more the kid that was like, I think I could build a structure in that tree. I don't know how to build a structure in that tree, but I'm going to start nailing pieces of wood to that tree mm-hmm. until I figure out how to build a structure that tree, right, you know? Right. And for me, it was that experimentation of trying right. and the curiosity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and willing to take the risk that you're going to get in trouble that you used all your dad's nails. So true. <laughs> and the reality that I did not know what structural integrity or engineering actually was because right. I was nailing boards from the bottom up. Right. Which if you're walking on them, they just kind of fall through. Right. But you know, like, I think that for me, I think school, mm. for better or worse, actually was, while obviously helpful in my life, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, was a bit detrimental for me thinking mm. about learnings being something that I'd ever want again mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. It beat it out of me over 18 years. Right. Um, or plus in yeah. you know, college years. Let's walk down that path a little bit. I thought, okay, this is really interesting. So what you were describing is a little bit of like, the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And mm. I feel like our our educational institutions tend to go towards a fixed mindset of you ought here's to the know intelligent kids yeah. and here's not yeah. as much the yeah. intelligent kids. Yeah. If you can't right do these structured right. based academics, then you're smart. Right. If you can or you know you're, you're, right. we've separated. And so these kids get all of 
the expanded learning, but it's learning from, like you said, there's, there's books, there's tutorials, there's textbooks, all mm-hmm. of these things of their educators, teachers, whomever they're teaching what they've known to be true. So take management science, hmm. management science being thrown at everyone all the way up through MBAs yeah. versus this idea of experimental learning. And I'm wondering, and I'm glad that we preface that this is a podcast of Explore because this is not a complete thought of you're reducing the potential for, um, I guess I'll call it exponential learning when you put individuals in a box you put individuals in a structure like a very closed environment that's based off of previous knowledge versus Mm. well what if this happened that's counter to what you just told me what happened what would or what if we tested this Uh which creates a new idea and then someone else says what if we took that a little bit further and so there's this exponential compounded learning and so I'm wondering if here at Crema and other companies that we know and look up to, yeah, yeah, because there's this what we call product teams and individuals of diverse worldviews and perspectives coming uh-huh, into a problem. Uh-huh. There's not a fixed mindset. There's not a fixed box of learning. There's exponential learning. And yes, I, I think I'm following you because I think also good because I don't know if I completely followed myself. I, if you guys are following Dan, then you're doing better than I did. Cause I lied. I didn't follow anything. Dan just said, um, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I, I would say yes. And mm-hmm. what, what ends up happening if we're talking about the flourishing of, of an individual, a team or a company mm-hmm. that there's something enjoyable about the exploratory nature of that type of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, about there are structures in it, mm-hmm. there are disciplines in it, um, there are postures to it, but it, it it is exploratory in nature, and that that can be exciting because you get to pursue something of interest, mm-hmm. even if it's in the context of something you don't necessarily love. Right. So I might be in a job that I don't absolutely adore, but I can create moments and opportunities of learning. Mm-hmm. In order that I can flourish, I can improve. Maybe my team would benefit from that, and I can find something I'm interested in. Right. Um, you know, again, like grabbing a, a bucket of nails and some boards and saying, "I wonder if I can build some a structure right. in the tree." Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that I wouldn't have built a better structure had I gone and done a little bit of research on how tree houses are built mm-hmm. or how engineering works. Right. Um, but. It's, it's, it's kind of a both and, and because I'm interested in it, mm-hmm. right. I'm going to flourish doing it and I'm going to have more excitement and mm-hmm. I'm probably going to get to a better outcome mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm going to invest that mm-hmm. additional effort and time. Right. Hmm. So I think, so there we talked a little bit or there, that's a long path, but mm-hmm. we started down the path of like the joy the, almost the intrinsic yeah. value yeah, of yeah. learning, but then there's also the adapt, uh, adaptive learning. And so I think our culture and the time of technology that we live in, the, oh, the statement of, well, that's because we've always done it that way is no longer sufficient. I, I because think it's, it's, it's obsolete. It, it's, it's obsolete. It may be even detrimental because yeah. if you think about before all of, 
technologies all throughout history. We'll we'll just go with you know software. Yeah, uh, software and talk about where yeah. we are now. Yeah, um, things move so fast. Technology, the moves rate of so changes. the rate of change yeah. is changing. There's like yeah. meta change going on that you can't say this is the way we've always done things uh-huh. anymore uh-huh. because. What we did six months ago has changed. Mm-hmm. So we can't continue to do what we did six months ago. I know. There's, We're there's, redesigning our website again. Yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. Almost. But just, sure, I'm sure, you know, values, vision, mission, even principles will stay the same. But the expression of those. Yeah. They adapt or they, they, yeah. they iterate. They refine. Yeah. Because there was an environment where things did stay relatively the same for like 20 years. You know, the industrial right. revolution is like, okay, sure, new inventions right. here and if there. If you're looking at a graph, but for the, the most part, yeah, hockey stick you up. could pretty much get through your entire job of 30 years and maybe some changes, but not not the monumental change that we see now of like if someone were to stay with the same company now for 40 years, can you imagine the change? Like if they were to diary oh, man. all of it. That would be. I don't. That no. would actually be really interesting. Well, I mean, my. We, I was actually. I was at a dinner the other night with a guy that worked with my dad. My dad, and they both worked for the same nuclear power plant for thirty-two plus years. Mm-hmm. And to a great extent, the only thing that changed inside the power plant, other than maybe some technological improvements and you know things like that, but minor, mm-hmm. was the regulations around nuclear power. That was the thing that changed the most is that we just have to keep the government happy. And the food and the vending machines. That's really probably, that. probably <laughs> the cars that drove up to the government. <laughs> right. Um, but they, that, that change didn't happen as fast. Now, what ended up happening is as, as they started to retire, what they were noticing was there was a generation of people coming in that expected things to be changing faster. Mm-hmm. And they were asking hard questions about why is it this way? Why, why mm. can't it be better? Why can't we improve? Why can't, and, and then people started to retire. They were, they were trying to get more work out of less, you know, mm-hmm. the cha- that change started to take place and it became exponential even inside that one very traditional organization. Right. Um, and I think we haven't seen, we work with companies of all sizes now. Oh yeah. And I mean, to the biggest in the world, to, you know, startups, all of them, are experiencing this. There isn't one company that's not experiencing this right. that I can think of. And I think to get ahead organizations and there's tons of research about learning organizations, but there's, they practice both types of learning. Yeah. Uh, we work with a lot of clients and we know even just different peers throughout different industries of being tasked with the immense challenge of we got to innovate, go innovate. <laughs> that is a, that's reactive learning mm-hmm. that is good but it's not complete because it's often too late and it's too late it's hard and there's a ton of pressure on whomever Uh was tasked with oh go Uh innovate well innovate what yeah we what are we trying to fix fix? that's one type of learning the other type of learning is like the continuous desire that's Mm -hmm. embedded of we're going to learn just for the sake because we feel that's what that's what's important that's what is competitive that's what keeps us moving forward in the right direction and so we're doing it early and often we're doing it early and often it's just part of who we are and what we do yeah and i think that type of learning is what we've seen has gotten us crema to where crema is today and we're really happy with crema but we know we haven't arrived we have not fully arrived we haven't yeah oh yeah i I totally agree yeah i forgot to tell you the other day we have not fully (laughs) arrived 
And we're okay with that yeah, because right. there's this that's mindset right. of continuous learning. Um, well, let's let's yeah. jump into that in just a second. Okay, so you were you were beginning you were kind of unpacking this idea of the fact that crema has not arrived yet mm. which means that we're even though we feel really confident about where we've come in the last 10 years intentionally being the size that we wanted to be mm-hmm. we didn't want to be a massive company we're we're about the size of where we want to be right now um and we're really happy with all that but yet we know that if I, I think I've said this recently, and we've kind of agreed that if we're the same company in two years from now that we are today, mm-hmm. we'll be obsolete mm-hmm. Irre- or, yeah. or, or, or nearly irre- irrelevant. irrelevant at best. Yeah, obsolete at worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that point, it's like, well, that was a fun ride, right? Um, because if I look at Crema two years ago, we're a different company than we were then. Mm-hmm. A lot's the same. Don't get me wrong. It, I mean, we're still on the same path, on the same train, but. We have adapted and learned and iterated and refined a ton to be where we are today. Right. Um, and some people might be wondering, okay, what what aspects of a team or a company or whatever should be continuously experimented uh-huh, on or learned uh-huh, on? Yeah. And I would say anything outside of your mission, vision, and values should be consistently looked at. Let me push you. Should Should those things ever be pushed on i don't have an answer to that we kind of did we we rebuilt our vision statement last year mm. we updated it it's very much still in line we we adapt we yeah we iterated on it to kind of refine it to what what we yeah i yeah i think depending on the length of okay we're setting a three a five-year vision you could arrive there yeah for sure i think values and mission the purpose of why you are here probably stays fairly similar throughout the years of your business. Unless, okay, so use an example. And I don't, maybe they have a more of a common denominator of what that value or vision was. Um, uh, DuPont, mm-hmm. I think originally they were a gunpowder company. Mm-hmm. I think that was what they were started as, I mm-hmm. mean, two, uh, a thousand years ago. Right. I don't know how long ago it was. Um, and now I think they're they're one of the largest producers of rubber mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. and other uh, basic uh, materials right i i don't know if their original vision said let's be the best materials company in the world right um they may have said you know create the best gunpowder ever right and they learned how to create other things and i think that's an okay thing to say well we can adapt what we mm-hmm. what our vision is for the the types of things that we can make that mm-hmm. you know the, even the way we make them they obviously they don't make gunpowder the way the same way they used to 150 years ago so I think I think I'm almost okay to say you can press into those things, but be careful when you start pressing into the mm-hmm. mission, vision, values that yeah. you don't, you're not, yeah, why taking your yeah, people through a um, why the shift? Because most of the time, if you even start to make a decision that's questionable, and I hope that your team does this, they'll say, does that line up with who we are? Yeah, what they're saying is like, does that line up with the core of who we are? Yeah, yeah, which for the most companies are. Um, why you're in business, why you started, and what are the behaviors that are going to help us know if we're operating the way we want to operate. Okay, I agree. Let, let's get back to kind of that, the 
what is learning, the value of learning. Mm. And this may be something we talk about over the next couple episodes because it's just a big topic to unpack. And, and I, I think maybe this conversation helps us to think about questions to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, what are what are some things that learning what in the different styles um, that what do they lead to? Hmm. So, it, it, why, yeah, we're a learning organiza- organization, but to kind of to what end? I, we've already talked a little bit about it, like you just have to keep up with the market, but that's kind of the organizational value. Mm-hmm. Um, what are other values of being in a constant mind of exploration and learning? Exploration is a really good word, by the way. Mm-hmm. We're tr- I, I've said this before. I'm not sure that learning is the right word. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something either greater or more specific than just learning um, quest, a quest expeditionary yes. <laughs> uh, exploration i think is good i um, the adaptive is maybe you said that's more reactionary which i think is interesting um but what get back getting back to that what are what are some other things that learning leads to or what some outcomes of learning mm-hmm. um at all the different levels of an organization oh, that's a big question mm. maybe that's too big well as an individual there's self-discovery so maybe yeah. you learn more about yourself, which is big. It and is honestly, big. I think companies have a responsibility to help their employees do that to a certain extent. Interesting. I, I bet there's a lot of people that would go, Mm-mm, that's not my no, not my job. Yeah. Do I, I, th- I agree. With you, yeah. But. Do I think it's my or our job to fully make sure a person's happy? A, that's impossible. And if you set out on that, I'm sorry, but you're going to fail because happiness is circumstantial and you can't control all the mm-hmm. circumstances. Mm-hmm. But I think we have a responsibility to put people in a place to where they can feel really fulfilled in their work and be like, I would hope that if you were to say, why do you like your job? That your employee would say, because it's meaningful Mm. and you've helped me see it's meaningful. I think we have a responsibility to do that. It's very, very, I hate to say it's on trends, but it is very much on trend. This kind of purpose-driven organization Mm -hmm. kind of mentality. And I love it. I, I would agree with it. But I think what you're getting at is more of, not just an organizational purpose, but an individual purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, how can a person, I want to be careful because I've, I've often said that I, I don't desire to give someone an identity, mm-hmm. but I do, I do desire to help them find purpose in their work. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I want to, de- yeah, I want to separate those. They're integrated, yeah. but they don't, but yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Because if their, if their identity is wrapped up in Kremlin, we've talked about this on previous mm-hmm. episodes, their identity is wrapped up in Kremlin, we're going to greatly disappoint them. Yeah. Yeah. Identity is so many different things. I mean, it's everything wrapped up into one whole person. And if we have a little piece of that yep. in their work, yep. then Great. we want to do our best to make sure they're fulfilled in that area. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think there's, there's people finding meaning in their work, dignity in their work. Um, so I think learning and exploration does that. And if you think about it, and maybe this is why so many change efforts fail is from a top-down perspective yeah, right, is because right. the individuals that you want to adopt this learning don't believe in it. Hmm. They haven't been, not trained, maybe um, uh, inspired. They haven't been inspired to learn. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even inspired, maybe quit inspiring them towards a vision, inspire them to learn first. Uh, learn about what they do best, what the company does best, and maybe then that will inspire them towards a vision. But maybe 
it's like a <laughs> this is gonna be a horrible horrible analogy it's like a virus um, Ooh, yes it's like if you it affects it goes to the cellular level mm. if you want to affect the body the virus goes to the cellular level and so if you think about change efforts start with retraining getting people to unlearn and relearn on an mm. individual mm. level love those words and then you get to the team and then if the team does it then you have teams of teams which is really what an organization is yeah so i think you start with one and maybe we're starting with the wrong thing maybe we're starting with the whole and we need to go to the individual i don't know well i think so we've been thinking about this a little bit already Mm -hmm. so this is this is our exploration is a little bit in context of some ideas that we've had recently um i do think i don't want to get too much into the structure but i do think you're right it happens at i think three levels Mm -hmm. um first at the individual um, so hopefully they're finding meaning and flourishing. They're finding curiosity and exploration in the work that they're doing. They want to do better work because they're super interested in it because it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. I like that word too, intriguing. Um, team. So the sec- so that's the individual. The second is team. So now put a group of individuals together and mm-hmm. how do they learn together? Mm-hmm. So this is a cross-discipline team. Traditionally, it might have been a department, but departments create silos. Silos kind of reduce learning because you're not actually sharing information. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start to put cross-discipline teams in place. And now there's different ceremonies and practices and disciplines and structures that are helping a team learn together. Mm-hmm. Whether it's they're trying to learn what the outcome of their initiative is, or they're trying to learn how to work better together or they're trying to learn a new technology or a new skill. Mm-hmm. All those things happen in a collaboration. right? And then, of course, like you said, teams of teams. Now you've got this layer that is the organization as a whole. Now that may be a small org if it's a startup or a small business, or it may be a massive enterprise. And they need to be thinking as well in supporting and creating a culture and environment mm-hmm. and a posture of um, continuous learning and um, being prepared to adapt and change Somewhat reactionary sometimes, but maybe more proactively mm-hmm. through. What was the other the other type of learning you, t- you said? Continuous uh, or a, yeah, uh, creative, generative. I mean, yeah. it's fresh, it's new, it's explorative. Ex- yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so that's at that exor- um, ex- excuse me organizational level, and that's more really. It tends to be the leadership that needs to be thinking about that, mm-hmm. um, and each of those has to exist mm-hmm. uh, now. One, you know, you could have the bottom-up approach where, like, you get one person that just ex- gets excited about an idea. They start to pursue it. They're exploring it. They're researching it. They're learning about it. They get a team bought in. The team gets excited. We're going to try this new way of working. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, there's another team that goes, wow, that team's really succeeding. Right. And then that starts to grow. Like you said, it's a virus that kind of mm-hmm. starts to take over that now an organizational has right. a change. But I will say... That can start to happen, and if you get a boss or a leader mm-hmm. that has a posture that says, "I don't like that way of working," right, they can squash it immediately, right, and then kill them. I wonder if that's why a lot of times. I wonder if this would be really hard in a public company when you have an organization, maybe that operates that way, mm. is successful, has their set of values, and then for whatever reason, a new CEO comes in who maybe thinks to the counter. You know, maybe they think in a way. Yeah, that change. I don't even have a point there. That's just more of a, of amusing, not amusing, a mm. space, musing. Am I? Sorry, I'm just doing a mental experiment. Right I'm. 
I'm trying to look up. Um, oh, I did think though of growth mindset. If an individual can do it, but then you have teams of teams doing it. I can only imagine the compounded and exponential growth and intelligence of the team because of that. Well, like I mean, if you think it's like, you might say I'm smarter. These people make me smarter, which I totally think is true. Sure. I think it, it take it in one step further of they don't just make me smarter. Our whole team collectively is so much more intelligent than this one person over here. Oh, yeah. And if you have a whole org, then you get someone saying that is a smart company, like intelligent company. Interesting. Um, it makes me think of, I'm trying to think of the right scientific term, but it's this idea of like the fact that we actually don't think uh, it's kind of like the hive mentality mm -hmm. that, you know, bees literally cannot survive on their own. They only survive as a hive. They think as a hive, they move and they, they react as a hive. Mm -hmm. And actually there's studies to show that human beings are very much the same way mm -hmm. that we start to break down when we're isolated and, and, um, that we don't have other human interaction. Sure. hundred um, percent believe that. And then, and then also, I mean, we all, we live in such a independent society mm -hmm. that values the independence and isolation and, Mm -hmm. Do you love yourself? And are you having time to go meditate? Which not all good things, all good things. Not it's nothing less than that. But mm -hmm. um, there is a certain value to the group mm -hmm. um, that I think comes from we're learning from each other, we're we're reacting to each other, mm -hmm. we're growing together. God willing, we're becoming better together. Sometimes the group is as a negative thing, but right. goes towards a. Mom, e mom evil philosophy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, okay. Okay. I was looking up, um, I know Ray, what's Ray's last name? The principles guy. Mm -hmm. Is it Ray da Dalio? Mm -hmm. His principles book, uh, their organization's really, I mean, it's a massive, um, I think hedge fund, mm -hmm. um, and our investment fund. And they, they work almost to the nth degree of this, that they're constantly building in feedback loops to be mm -hmm. learning all the time. I think as we move through this conversation, we should probably pull out um, other companies that are doing this well. Um, yeah. And Google I, does this, yeah. Spotify does this. Obviously a lot of technology companies built their model around mm -hmm. working this new way. Yep. Um, but DuPont's a good example of adapting and, mm -hmm. and, and iterating over, over time and learning. Well, I think even making sure that we give credit to all the individuals that we've been researching yeah. as well in this realm. No, Jeff um, Godolf, when, when mm -hmm. I interviewed him, I think what I loved about his book, looking back, I think it's what started us thinking about that was, um, was when he talked about the greatest, a company's greatest value ought to be learning. Mm -hmm. I mean, he went through a bunch of other things, you know, you know lean and uh, iterative and small cross-discipline teams, but the greatest value should be focused on yep. learning. Yeah. We recently just got done reading Brave New Work by oh, Aaron so Dignan. Good. So good. Um, we just started uh, The Fifth Discipline by yep. Peter Singe. Yep. Um, which is fantastic. There's a lot of research out there from him about the learning organization and the value of embracing that. Did our video just go off? We got derailed. We did a little bit. The camera stopped. Uh, we had to turn it back on. There was the battery was dead. We learned something about the camera though. What's that? What, what you just said. What did I say? You said something about. Oh, that it's, yeah. um, sorry. I was also reading an article while you were doing that. <laughs> you were learning, uh, uh, that it's, 
uh, is meant to be more of a snapshot and take short clips, not to sit on for 20, That's 30, 40, right. 45 plus minutes. Right. Yeah, okay. So I think maybe this is a good place for us to hit pause because we've talked about really three things. Well, one thing and then kind of sub things underneath of it mm-hmm. is learning. What is it, the value of it, and why we've discovered pretty confidently yep. that that is what that's what has gotten Krim to where we are today. I would agree. And so what our hope is, is that we continue to unpack this idea of a, whatever you want to call it, a learning organization, an exploratory organization, mm. a company that, Help us with the name, people. <laughs> that sees the value in consistently helping individuals, teams, and the company as a whole get better through learning, testing, measuring, whatever scientific method terminology yeah, yeah. you want to use. But the idea of taking in learning, and applying it so that we can get better. I like it. So next time let's do, let's do some research. Mm-hmm. Let's dig a little deeper. Mm-hmm. We've got lots of resources. Well, and we're going to be doing a lot of learning the next couple of weeks. It's true. We're going across the pond as, as they, they say, say. Uh, to spend some time with some consultants that we've been working with. Mm-hmm. Love those guys. I'm so excited to spend some time with them and get to learn from some other agencies, I think. Absolutely. So maybe we can we can bounce this off of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and transparently, we have a goal. We have an end goal in mind for why we're talking about this stuff, why we're kind of using the podcast as a time to flesh it out. And I hope you will stick with us as we explore this together. Um, we have been in business for 10 years and we think that, like we've said before, there's something unique about Crema. Um, we've worked with lots of companies that have interacted with us. I mean, in some cases, we've had people that have been our clients that have basically been like, can I just come work for you? Right. And I'm like, well, why? Like, <laughs> no, because we want the contract. Right. <laughs> you know, um, but there is something that we've learned mm-hmm. from other organizations, from authors, from mentors um and we'll talk more about that that we think that there's there's an ethos to the way that we run crema mm-hmm. giving autonomy and space to explore become better as individuals teams and as an organization mm-hmm. so we're actually moving towards creating three different tracks of this one is possibly a published thing probably a book of some sorts we want to be a writer we want to be writers <laughs> um And so, yeah, we're headed towards that. And this is our opportunity to sit down and kind of explore some of these ideas. Um, Also, possibly doing some speaking on this. We've already kind of gotten a chance to speak into culture quite a bit um, in the past. And I think I I always have this a little bit of hesitation because I know what defines our culture. I can describe it, but I want to get under the skin of what drives it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's this. I think it's this mindset Mm -hmm. this posture of learning um so speaking and then also we want to train other organizations whether it's our clients or maybe it's you as an individual Mm -hmm. um uh, we want to create a space um, some material for you to be able to take this and apply it back to your orgs uh, to your teams to yourself um and so this is all going to be kind of coming together at the same time over the the rest of the year Mm. so uh yeah this might be a long haul to to Watch us meander through some thoughts to get to to a finished product. It could be a long journey, but that's okay. But I'm excited for it. Um, so stick with us as we unpack uh, on option five episode what it means to be a learning organization. Mm. Mm. But we might call it something else later.
help us with it. Yeah. Getting ideas for names. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot that you would take the time, maybe oh, this is probably 45 minutes or an hour, I right. don't know, uh, to sit down and listen. I hope that you get a sense that you're having a cup of coffee with us, that you're sitting in that big overstuffed leather chair right next to us. Like, Surrounded by leather bound books. Oh, yes. There's a coat of arms over there. <laughs> coat of arms? Is that the right term? Isn't it a coat of arms? Crest? Crest. And then maybe there's some sort of armor family crest with an armory next to it. Yeah, there's old a, muskets. There's a big moose head up uh-huh. again uh, above the fireplace. Bearskin rug. Gosh, this is far more manly than I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, I hope that you are feeling like you get to sit down and hear us um, uh, work through some things. And also, I hope that you're subscribed. So if you're not, um, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, on um, Overcast on pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. And a huge, huge, huge favor if you've gotten this far. Would you give, leave us a review? Please. Please. A five-star review would be That would be, would be really great. But we'll take four. We'll take four. <laughs> Honestly, if you just write a review, it goes a yeah. long way um, to and, telling the world that we exist. And if you give three or less, give us some feedback so that we can learn oh. and change. I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of feedback. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding um and um and then we're gonna wrap up this episode with um maybe some learning from our team mm-hmm. so stay tuned for that um as always thank you for listening to option five and uh, we'll see you guys next time oh i think i'm supposed to tell you to go to crema.s slash podcast or crema.s slash option five to learn more or to see the show notes so i did that right then <laughs> <laughs> My name is Julie Branson, and I'm the content writer here at Crema. I serve the growth team by writing clear and compelling Crema content for various online platforms and digital spaces. I absolutely love working at Crema as I'm pushed to become better at what I do and fully supported and encouraged every step of the way. Option 5 is a podcast by Crema, a digital product agency that creates web and mobile apps for disruptive companies and industry leaders. We believe that design, technology, and culture can help create a world where individuals and companies thrive. Learn more at crema.us.